Let us pray. May the words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. If I were to ask you to play a word association game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's the first thing that you would think of if I said Christmas? Presents. Presents. Okay. Oh, we got all right, we got participation. This is great. In the back, what do you got? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I like it. All right, yeah. Carols, yes. Family. Family. All right. These are good, yeah. God among us. God among us. Yeah, of course. The ordained guy's <laughs> got to get holy, right? <laughs> well said. Yeah, we're going to have different words that come up, right? The joy, happiness, peace, carols, gifts, all these things. Nobody said turkey. <laughs> No turkey on Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. You're going to be surprised later on, little girl. All right. Ideally, Jesus is going to come up at some point, right? Ideally. Thank you, Dismas, for bringing him into Christmas for us. I bet a word that would not come to mind, however, is fear. thing is, when I looked at our passage this morning, that's the word that jumped out at me. Fear. In the first seven verses of Luke 2, we read of the birth of Jesus, of Mary and Joseph making their way to Bethlehem, and Mary giving birth to Jesus, and swaddling her firstborn son, and laying him in a manger. And Luke presents this all as a very matter-of-fact sort of occurrence. We could say it's even normal or plain. There's a great deal that we could mine just out of that simple truth, that the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, had a typical, normal sort of birth, even needing to be swaddled and held like any other child would. The normalcy of the birth itself is contrasted quite a bit with what came before it. Chapter 1 is filled with prophecy of a man being made mute, due to his lack of faith, of a woman who is so filled with the grace of God that this world-changing news doesn't fill her with doubt, but with worship. And of course, it appears that angels are appearing all over the place. <laughs> to some of us, the coming of Christ can appear like it's presented in these first seven verses. Matter of fact, normal, plain. Of course this is how things are. How else could they be? To others, the idea that God came in the flesh, that God himself broke into the world in order to change the world, is the last thing they would call normal. In fact, it might be that the word they come up with is fear. Could you imagine what it would have been like to be one of these shepherds out and about? Just doing your job on a dark night. And then suddenly poof. <laughs> and then suddenly poof. That's right. Angels. 
Angels appear out of seemingly nowhere, and then the glory of God fills the sky. Now, admittedly, we have a certain idea of what angels look like, right? Growing up, my mother was a big fan of the television show Touched by an Angel. Some of you have likely heard of that. I see a couple chuckles. You'd have these angels walking about, and they're solving the problems of the day for whoever they're, they're interacting with. And then inevitably, at the, towards the end of the episode, the angel would have to reveal herself as just that, an angel. And when it would happen, she'd sort of just glow. Right? There'd be like a light around them. And that was really it. And even the actor who's playing the person seeing the angel isn't really afraid. They're more kind of confused. Like, what, what am I seeing right now? That's kind of the image we have of angels. But that's not at all what these shepherds experienced. It was blinding light. A being who is so shockingly bright it could blind you appears out of nowhere. To top it all off, not one, but a whole multitude then appears and they all start singing and praising God. Fear would have been an appropriate response. It makes sense that the angel would have to say, fear not. I don't mind saying if I had been there, I would have had no idea what to do with that. I probably would have needed to hear fear not as well and then maybe sit down and have a stiff drink to calm my nerves a little bit. And it's actually that response that kind of struck me this time around, this, this story that so many of us are so familiar with. That's the part that jumped out at me. Because sometimes when we hear that the Lord has come, that God himself has come into this world to do a work in and through us, it can actually sound kind of scary. Because what does that mean? How, what, what does that mean for my life, that, that God wants to come into me and change me? It's a question that I almost inevitably get when I talk to people who are non-believers but are seeking. Or even believers who are trying to grow. How's my life going to change with the announcement that a Savior has come? It's a fair question. Because if Jesus is who Christians believe him to be, if he is in fact the Son of God, then there's no message of greater importance, is there? It makes perfect sense that his arrival would be met with a choir of angels that sing in exultation. And it would make sense that we would do the same, but fear holds us back. Maybe it's the fear of that first encounter with Jesus when we've been in the dark, the light can be painful. Or maybe it's the fear of the Lord calling us to a greater relationship, to a, a deepening of faith and commitment to him, and that would mean following him to places that we might not otherwise choose to go. I won't make any comments about coming to Windsor at this point. Fear can quickly kill faith. And so we should be honest. If there's fear in our present in our walk with Christ, but instead of succumbing to that fear, we can look for its cure. And we actually have that right here for us. The shepherds were afraid, but they listened. They genuinely heard what was proclaimed to them, and they considered it. They heard enough that they wanted to see what this was all about. 
And the angel had given them a sign that these things were true. The angel announced to them, For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Go to Bethlehem, they are saying. Go and see this boy lying peacefully in the hay. When you find him, you will find your Savior. Go and see. That's exactly what they did. They might not have fully grasped what was happening. In fact, I feel quite confident in assuming that they could not fully grasp what was happening in that moment. But what they heard was too good to ignore. And what they saw bore witness to the truth that the Lord was at work. Because, of course, belief can quickly wear off, can't it? We can have these amazing, seemingly miraculous experiences and then instantly start rationalizing them away. Perhaps we were all just tired and kind of dozed off and dreamed the same dream. Sure, that's unlikely, but it's plausible, right? More plausible than an angel appearing. Yet instead of rationalizing their experience away, they, they put the shepherds, or the shepherds put the angel's word to the test. Instead of letting the fear stop them, they went and sought this baby. Let us go over to Bethlehem, they said, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. What a great image of the Christian life. That God has taken the initiative and then empowers them to seek him out, to follow him, to hear his call, and then to look for Jesus. And in looking for him, we find him. And in finding him, we find the one who changes everything. And it is good. For his coming is, in fact, good news of great joy. And as Christians, it is that joy, that good news, that continues to fill our lives as we continually hear the call to come to Jesus more and more completely. And what is the end of this God-inspired pursuit? It's nothing less than praise and worship. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. God delivered on his promise. Everything he said would happen had happened. And so the shepherds, filled with faith and joy, praise him. It's the only response worth having. Joy and praise for Christ has come. The Lord has fulfilled his promise to come and make the way back to the Father. The Lord has fulfilled his promise to rescue and redeem his people. And so the angels can announce, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day, in the city of David, a Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord. Jesus has come. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in him that you might be his very own. And let the joy of Christ fill you this day. Amen.